On this week's episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, Ralph Pym joins the show to talk about competition and cultures of excellence. Welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast competitor, Jake Thompson here, the founder and chief encouragement officer at Compete Everyday and excited to host Ralph Pym on today's show as we talk about competition, the importance of competition in our lives, and what competition can do to build a great, thriving culture of leaders. Ralph has an incredible history of experience, not only his time at West Point, but working internationally with sports teams and organizations to improve their culture and invite the love, the feel of competition, and what it can do for you. So today, I think you're going to get a ton of valuable insight for things you can put into your team, your organization, or your locker room on ways to encourage competition, leadership, and most of all, personal responsibility. As always, to get in touch with the show, shoot me an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. But enough about me. Let's welcome to the show Culture, competition, West Point leadership, everything that he talks about, and most importantly, how we can take what he talks about and apply it to your career and your life. Let's welcome Ralph Pym. Ralph, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Jake, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this. I think what you're doing is fantastic, and um, I'm looking forward to our visit. Man, I, I am as well. Your Twitter bio of building teams of significance and cultures of greatness speaks to my heart, speaks to everything we're about here. Um, man, just looking at your content as I shared, I've been able to follow you for a while. I, I love it. I love everything you're about. There's so much synergy between that um, and everything we talk about at Compete. And so I think our listeners are in for quite a treat. But you have a very unique background, I think, to getting to today. And I would love if you could take a second and share a little bit with our guest, or excuse me, with our listeners about yourself, what you do today. And then I want to flash back some and kind of go through your career. Okay. What I'm doing today, actually, after I retired from the, the United States Military Academy at West Point, I've had outstanding opportunities to work outside the United States. Um, I was director of competitive sports at West Point, and there were, we received some global recognition. So uh, what I'm doing in the countries of Singapore, in New Zealand, and Australia, is really in the venue of sport, teaching and developing leaders of character. And what we're really focusing on is teaching um, the, the social emotional skills that will help young people uh, as they develop them in sport, be successful not only on the athletic fields, but also in school and also in life. I'm curious, before I dive into some of your background about that unique aspect, because you mentioned a handful of countries there, and every country is very different in terms of their customs, their approaches sometimes with sports. I mean, sports is one thing that unites us all, but sometimes how we get around there, our society, our societal cultures are different. How have you seen the message of this leadership development, this character development 
translate seamlessly into each of those cultures? Or where have you seen, I need to adapt how I teach this for each of the cultures? You hit the main point, right, with the last thing that you said. It's because this has been such a learning opportunity for me. The past eight years, what I've done is I've taken a model, the West Point competitive sport model, and I've transformed it into a framework of core concepts that can easily be adapted according to the context and the culture of the situation. So everywhere that I have gone, it's, it's been such a great learning experience for me because it, it isn't a model. It isn't where I just go in and I just roll this out. It's, it's very much based on relationships and me getting to know the people that I'm working with. And then together, we determine what right looks like, let's say, in New Zealand as compared to Singapore or Australia. I love that. I love that. And I would imagine that that adaptability is, is what's made you so effective of being able to adapt to those different cultures with still the core components. One of the things before we deep dive too much is we've talked about this. I know you're very adamant about this, the idea of, of character and what we mean when we're talking about character, because just saying character, I know is, is too general of a concept for you where you really like to dial it down into two categories of character strengths. Can you share with us what those are? Yes, I will. And I think that is really a key point of difference is just like you said, the word character is way too general. It's too vague. And what character is made up of is a multitude of character strengths. So what my framework has done is we've taken the word character and really put it into two categories. And one is performance character strengths. And performance character str strengths are, are things, uh, attributes that promote mastery and success in any type of setting. But in the cases that I'm working with, most of the time it's, it's a sports setting. The, these are types of uh, things like commitment. It's confidence, it's courage. It's dedication, discipline. There's a lot of different words that fall under that performance character strengths. The second type is relational character strengths and the relational character strengths promote ethical conduct and teamwork in a sports setting. So really, if you look at it as we're taking the word character and we're putting it into words that basically all coaches and athletes can understand. So I think that's a really key point with it is we get away from, ooh, what's this hang up? You know, what, what does character mean? Well, basically we put it into the performance character strengths and the relational character strengths. And that gets us basically off the ground and speaking a common language. As you know, all great teams speak a common language. They do. They've got the, their own language. They've got their own nicknames, their own phrases that help bond them. Uh, one of the things I, I'm fascinated by is kind of how you really developed this, how your career has gone, because you started as a basketball coach. Yeah. And then you were transitioning, you did worked as a professor, and then you transitioned within that 
Um, and then you were working with the military in West Point. And so how did your journey kind of come about? How did you transition from coach to professor to really this peak performance, mental performance type focus? I was really fortunate, Jake. I, I had great mentors. Um, I knew at a very young age, I was 15 years old. I knew that I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. And I pursued that. I started out as a high school coach. I was very fortunate because I, I coached under the same coach that I played for. And he was a national coach of the year. Um, very, very talented. His name's Jack Reynolds from the state of Ohio. And then from that, I knew I wanted to, to go on into um, college and, and university coaching. And I was very fortunate because I had opportunities and um, worked at all three NCAA levels, Division Three, Division Two. I spent 13 years at the Division One level. And each of those places, I, I worked for outstanding people that were more than just, let's say, a basketball coach. They were really looking at our players holistically. And all along, I had really felt that was a key piece of it. Because at all times, very few people, first of all, get to play professionally. Your sports career ends. And then really, what is the greater purpose of sport? And it, it has to go beyond just the numbers on the scoreboard. Yep. It has to be the life skills that someone learns that they can apply into everyday life. Yeah. So really, I, I just I, I went the gamut with the coaching and then had an opportunity that was a, a dream come true for me to go to West Point. And I was a professor there and then director of competitive sports. And my leader team and I were overseeing the athletic experiences of 3,500 cadets. Um, every cadet at West Point is an athlete. And that goes way back 100 years ago. General Douglas MacArthur was superintendent at West Point. And the best soldiers that he saw in World War I had all been athletes. So he mandated at West Point that every cadet is an athlete. So we were seeing the athletic experiences of um, everyone that was except the people in division one we had the competitive club athletics we had 20 uh 27 competitive clubs that competed nationally and then we had we were overseeing what is called company athletics and you taught you were the director of competitive sports and then the professor of physical education what was your kind of focus or goal, I should say, with those students, those athletes uh, during the course of their career there? Kind of where was your focus area on helping them or achieving something? That's a great question. And, and that's what makes West Point so united and so special because every faculty member, every person at, at West Point is pulling the rope in the same direction. Whatever area of specialty that you have, it's all aligned to the mission, which is developing leaders of character. And what, what happened with my, I had exceptional leaders on my, on my team. And um, 
most of them were active military officers. And, and what we wanted to do was take a, a very good sport program and turn it into a great program. So what we were very consciously doing is we aligned our objectives of the sport program, the competitive sport program, to that of West Point. So we had the same learning outcomes and they were aligned to the learning outcomes of a graduate of West Point. So it was really great because we were able to help everyone see the importance of the sport experience in developing an officer of character. I love that. I, w I wish we could inject more of that into youth sports. Uh, and the big reason we get into sports in the first place, not only the love of the game, but the lessons that it leaves us throughout the rest of our life. One thing I always uh, love to ask people, especially someone as experienced as yourself that spent so much time in this space of competitive sports and, and the performance side, the character development side, we've always talked about the lessons sports teaches us, the, the, things, the, the, game, the things you learn from baseball and football and where they go beyond life, but the mental side of the game, it wasn't always looked at the way it is now. When we talk about the peak performance and the mental performance that's required to be a healthy, successful competitor in life, that has really kind of come on in the last decade in terms of more mainstream. Back in the day, you don't want to talk about needing a mental performance coach. Like you, you just got to tough it out. What have you seen? Kind of what's your experience been in that field as the work you've done, you've kind of built a career around, has become more and more regarded and accepted by the mainstream sports world and athletic world? It definitely has. And you're right. It's, it's, it's relatively new. But I think it's, it's gaining more and more and more power because if you listen to the top coaches throughout the entire world, it's a, there's a common theme and the common theme is talent opens the door, but talent alone is not enough. And so it takes more than just raw talent so it takes the character strengths that I mentioned to you earlier, the performance character strengths and the relational character strengths, but it also takes a self-awareness of each athlete in order to know how to get themselves to the best, as close to their full potential as possible. And there's the mental piece of it. And I think now with the coaches, emphasizing it, the athletes are, are finding out about it at a, at a younger age and, and reading about it. Now it's, it, it is really in the mainstream now and we're, we're trying to uh, find the best ways that we can, we can give athletes these tools. And there isn't a set formula. I mean, it's, it, it all, all depends on each individual athlete. And that's where those relational skills that a coach needs to have with their athletes really helps. Yeah, it's funny. The, the one phrase that's been echoed on the show time and time again from coaches is the importance of a coach getting to a player's heart. Yes. building that relational connection before they ever try to get to their head. And if you can, it doesn't matter if you're coaching little league to pro to even coaching professionals in an executive setting, people need to know how much you care 
first, how much you're trying to help them succeed before you even worry about the, the game plan and the strategy. Along those lines, a lot of our listeners, we have a lot of listeners who are athletes. We have a lot who, whose athletics careers, kind of like myself and yours, have, have ended at some point, obviously sooner than we all anticipated or wanted. But a lot of us, and I say this speaking from experience, really understood a growth mindset from a sports perspective. We yeah. understood the importance of overcoming our talent by working hard, by training, by all of the things we knew. But when we get out into life, Sometimes there's a disconnect from the lessons we learned in sports to they actually translate to life and the, the, the importance of what you just talked about with talent, with relational character development, performance side. How do you, what are some things that you usually do to help people kind of see that they're really aligned one in the same? What applies to sports and a lot of this part of self-awareness and development also works in life and, and how do you help them connect those dots? That's, that's a key point in what I'm doing right now. And, and uh, in New, New Zealand, for example, I work for uh, Sport New Zealand, which is the, the government agency that oversees all of sport from the grassroots all the way through the professional. And one of the things I, I do there is uh, coach development. And what we're doing in New Zealand right now is really helping our coaches through our, our programs to take these lessons that they're applying on the sport field as far as um, the, the character strengths and at the same time connecting the dots so that they also are advocates to help their, their student athletes learn how to transfer those into their classroom work. So I think that I think that it needs to be taught. I think it needs to be emphasized. I think that it's, we've got a great setting in sport because we have young people doing something that they love. And at the same time, if we can help them see that that commitment, that self-discipline, whatever it may be that they're demonstrating that's helping them and their team be successful in the sports setting, help them understand how that can help them as they're preparing for that tough course, that perseverance that they have to hang in there. I think that we have to take words, and this is one of the most important aspects, Jake, is no matter where I go in the world, on the whiteboards, I see the same words. All the coaches have all these words, but the most important thing is turning those words into observable and productive behaviors and that's part of the context that what i'm doing in at the university of minnesota with one of their teams um, in new zealand australia i did it in singapore so that's what we're trying to do we're trying to get those words and get them so that athletes can if they can see it and they can also feel it Coaches need to be able to teach it. Take those words and then put it. That's where I learn from the coaches. I work with 23 different sports. So I learn from the coaches according to their coaching philosophy. For example, the word that I love, and that's why I love what you're doing, to compete every day. Okay, getting that competitiveness is an absolute must. 
But at the same time, what does that look like on a basketball court? What does that look like on a football field? And getting a coach to, to be able to specifically get that so it's a visible behavior and teach it and then get athletes to not only be able to recognize it when they see it, but then they have to feel it. Because if you get an athlete feeling above the line competitiveness, then they can self-regulate. So when, if they're not feeling it quite, now that's where the mental skills tools help them. You give them the tools that they themselves can make that adjustment. Yeah, no, that's, and, and you're spot on. And, and we talked before we got on here, we're recording this in, in April 10th. Everyone's still very much under quarantine. Uh, we're airing this in mid-May, which we have to assume if we're not currently in quarantine still, we're feeling the after effects of that. How do we stay competitive? And, and what does that look like in this setting? And I had a webinar yesterday with the guys over at Unleash the Athlete about what are some things you can do at home to still model and encourage that for your teams? Because it's so important, like you said, to not just be words on a wall. Companies yes. struggle with that with mission statements. They print these beautiful posters of mission statements, and then they have problems displaying that and giving those examples life. And for a lot of us, we need to see that, especially from a leadership standpoint. We need to see it from our coaches or know what it looks like in order to model that behavior. I, I agree, and I, I, I mentioned I, I work at the University of Minnesota with their women's soccer team, and I'm, I've been very fortunate. I've, I've, the head coach, her name is Steph Golan, and, and I worked with her two years at West Point. She got the head coaching job at, at the University of Minnesota, so now I've been with her for eight years, and she's just doing an incredible job building that program. But we were talking with our players today on Zoom, and... and um, because during this period, they're all at home, they're all over the United States. But one of the things that, that, that we've had the players do is choose a word, just one word that during this time, however long it takes, will keep them where they're in that competitive mode to find ways to improve. So each of the girls have come up with a word. And so when we talk to them each week, we're finding out, okay, in this week, how did that word help you? Because you're right, we have to have daily reminders, I think, in order to help us learn how to compete every day. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That was one of the reasons we initially started with these little wristbands is just that daily reminder. Usually if something bad goes ha happens, something happens to you, you look down, you just naturally kind of sulk. And so the goal was to always be something you could see there. I'm curious, uh, before we kind of wrap up, what do you see as the biggest challenge you're facing right now in terms of helping athletes with these two style character developments, either from an industry-wide standpoint or just uh, maybe in the sports in general, where you're seeing the pushback or the challenges that you're having to help athletes overcome the most to building that character? Really, I think that it's basically what we're doing. It, we're putting this in a little bit different of a paradigm, but it hasn't been that difficult um, with the athletes that I work with that, that are highly motivated, they're committed, Division I athletes, or they're, they're very good athletes, let's say in New Zealand, they're looking for a competitive edge. 
and the way that that it, it it's a very I think it's a very easy adjustment for them when they see the the performance character strengths. Every athlete understands the importance of performance, um, relational. They know the importance of that having that good relationship with their coach, with their teammates. That hasn't been, um, they've been very open to that. The biggest challenge is getting those words and getting them to understand what they look like and feel like. And, and taking those words and helping them um, get that so that it's, um, we like to say the transition is we get them so they're, they're doing above the line behaviors with these character strengths, but then those, those behaviors have to become habits. And we like to, and this is coming from New Zealand, we call them hogs, H-O-G habits of greatness and those habits of greatness then will be able to produce outstanding results i love that i love that ralph this has been absolutely a blast i'm so glad we've gotten a chance to get connected and chat more for anybody listening that wants to learn more about your work because i know you're working with the programs here uh, domestically internationally i would imagine over the coming years you're still going to be working with more teams more athletes on these programs and developing this performance and relational character where can people find you online where's the best place to get connected with you Right now, it will be on, on Twitter, and, and I'm in the process, Jake, of, of putting the work that I've been doing at West Point, overseas, into an online program, and um, I'm looking forward to, there's two themes. One's going to be for coaches, and it's coach for character. The second one will be for athletes, and that's going to be compete with character. And uh, I'm hoping that those will be finished and, and be available uh, this summer for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we will be updating the show notes with those links as this goes live. If you are listening to this episode at a later date uh, in the interim, we're absolutely going to be linking to you on Twitter at keep driving on, which I love. Uh, and obviously, I recommend you as a follow for anyone that's interested in character development, sports leadership, leadership in general, getting that competitive edge because your content is, is original um, as well as very insightful. So, Ralph, man, thank you so incredibly much for coming on the show this week. Thank you, Jake. This has been so much fun. And, and I love the work that you're doing and, and compete every day. That's, that's what we want everyone to be doing whether they're an athlete or not so keep keep teaching these life skills it's really making a difference in our world thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the compete everyday podcast to get in touch with me or the show email us at podcast at compete to join our free facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work their workouts and their life be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.